funeral service in Washington. Becoming your own lobbyist on Capitol Hill. A funeral radio special. With Robert M. Fells, Executive Director and General Counsel to the ICCFA. Well, hello again. This is Bob Fells uh, welcoming you. Thank you for joining me to another uh, installment of our ongoing series on funeral radio, uh, which is called uh, Funeral Service in Washington. We've subtitled it um, Becoming Your Own Lobbyist, and today's program is actually a case in point, because I'm going to talk to you a little bit about uh, something that has just come up as I as I speak here. And um, I'm going to give you some homework for a change and ask you to possibly um, get a little active in this. And I think once you hear what I have to say in today's program, you'll probably want to uh, become a bit of an activist in this. Anyway, uh, I'm the executive director and uh, general counsel of the International Cemetery Cremation and Funeral Association, the ICCFA. And um, today we're going to talk about, are you ready for the upcoming changes in overtime pay requirements? Um, I don't think uh, we're ready, and I'm not sure that anyone in American industry or business is ready. But let me, let me cut to the chase and tell you what the issue is, what the um, problem seems to be, and then what we can all do about it, acting together and also acting individually by contacting our members of Congress and alerting them to our concerns. All right, I think everybody knows what overtime is. Uh, it was established back in 1938 with a federal law called the Fair Labor Standards Act. And among other things, it established the 40-hour work week for employees, and also established that um, hours worked in excess of 40 hours in any seven-day period, um, the employee must be paid time and a half as an hourly rate uh, by his employer or by the, by the company. Um, that, um, that basic sort of threshold has been reviewed, I think, seven times as far as uh, the qualifications and the amount of uh, of money uh, involved as far as exempting an employee. Basically, there are um, three requirements for um, an employer to say that an employee is exempt from being paid overtime for hours worked in excess of uh, 40 hours per week. First is uh, the salary basis test. The second is the uh, salary level test, and the third is called the duties test. Uh, I'll explain briefly what each of those three tests are, and then we'll zero in on the one of the tests that are at issue here. Um, first, the salary basis test, and this is all in regards to who can be exempt from receiving overtime pay. The salary basis test means that the employee is paid a fixed salary come rain or shine, whether the employee is busier than the proverbial one-armed paper hanger or 
is sitting at his or her desk twiddling their thumbs, they're paid the same amount of salary regardless. Okay, that, that one is pretty easily satisfied. The second one is called the salary level test, and that is what's going to concern us in our program and uh, for quite a while after. And that is where, in order to be exempt from overtime, the employee in question must be paid a certain minimum salary. And let me just skip ahead to complete the circle here. The third is the duties test, and that is the duties of the individual who is to be exempt from overtime uh, must be of a sort of a white-collar nature. That is the sort of thing that an executive, an administrative, or a professional employee would be doing. So, for example, uh, if we tell someone to go out and wash off the company cars or to mow the grass around the company building, um, Department of Labor would probably not consider that uh, appropriate duties for someone who is at a uh, level, a managerial level, where they are exempt from the overtime um, pay requirements. So it's a salary basis, a fixed salary, a salary level test, a certain dollar amount they make annually, and the duties test, what they do is actually of a of a professional or a white collar a level. Okay, we're going to zero in now on number two, the salary level test. That has been the dollar amount that employee must be paid as a minimum in order to even think about exempting them from overtime pay. That's been looked at by the Department of Labor, or what we call DOL, about seven times. I think it's been seven times since the 1938 uh, federal law was enacted. Most recently was in the year 2004, and the Department of Labor is authorized under that law uh, to adjust the minimum salary level for exemption from overtime pay. And uh, the last time they did this in 04, they decided that an annual salary of at least $23,660 is sufficient to exempt an employee um, from overtime pay, at least on that second tier of the test, the salary level test. Now, what's interesting about, and that's the figure that is in force right now as I speak, $23,660 per year annual annual salary to be exempt from overtime. Um, it is interesting that if a man or a woman is making that amount, 23,006, um, and they are supporting a family of four, the U.S. government figures say that a family of four is living below the poverty level in the United States if the income is under $24,000. So the minimum salary level to be exempt from overtime, 236, is actually below the poverty level for a family of four, which is $24,000. So that's one thing that seems to be urging uh, the Department of Labor uh, onward and upward. Okay, uh, how did we get here? What happened that if everybody was happy in 2004 with a minimum salary level of 236, what happened? Well, last year, and I'm referring to um, 2014, President Obama issued an executive memo, memorandum, to the Department of Labor, the DOL, instructing it to modernize and streamline the 
overtime regulations that DOL administers and oversees and can see. So uh, just recently, in fact, right before the July 4th holiday here, um, the DOL issued uh, proposed regulations on this. And um, they're not doing anything with the salary basis test, which is simply the fixed salary come rain or shine, but it is the second, the salary level test. The DOL has announced, and it probably won't be effective until uh, 2016, that the minimum salary level, annual salary level, to exempt an employee from overtime compensation will be set at $50,000, be precise, $50,440 per year. Uh, that is more, as you know, than, than double what is today the current amount of 23.6, 23.6 to 50,004 annual salary level. Um, the business world in the United States has already just glimpsing these announcements because it was just announced uh, just a couple days ago here. Um, they're, they've already, you know, uh, been blown away by the enormity of the hike. I think some hike was expected and anticipated, but not double or more than double. So therein, we have the, uh, the, the problem. What is American business going to do if come uh, 2016, um, they have to raise, well, they, they, by law, they will have, they have no choice. They will have to raise that level from 23.6 to 50,000. That means a lot of employees who are now exempt from overtime, unless they receive a pay raise to 50,004, are going to be entitled to be paid time and a half for their hours in excess of 40 hours a week. The Department of Labor itself <clears throat> has estimated in their announcement, DOL has estimated that they think uh, around 4.6 million workers are going to be affected, which in other words means 4.6 million workers currently exempt from receiving overtime pay based on the uh, the salary basis test uh, will this time next year um, be entitled and presumably will be receiving uh, overtime pay unless their employers then raise their annual salary, their fixed salary, to at least uh, $50,440. So now you see what the issue is and what the problem is. Uh, let me say parenthetically, I don't think anyone's, uh, you know, objects to paying people, you know, um, a fair amount of pay for, you know, their work and their efforts, nor do, does anyone really want to be known for paying somebody below the poverty level if they're supporting a family of, of four. So I, I would suggest that's not the issue, but um, I think the question is more like, is DOL going about this? in a, a very um, extreme manner instead of maybe um, uh, trying to implement this uh, in a step-by-step -step or phasing it in. You know, uh, as you know, as the head of the staff here at ICCFA, um, I, we have to be sensitive to what we charge our members. And like every trade association from time to time, because costs are going up, we have to raise our dues. 
but one thing we're always very careful to do is it's always a mistake to raise the dues too much at one time. And sometimes a few years will slip by and we have not raised the dues and suddenly we realize, hey, you know, um, all, all other prices have been raised. Uh, we need to raise our dues for the same reason. But we'll find that, you know, we really should be charging sort of X dollars more for the annual dues, but wiser heads will come to bear in saying, no, that's too big a jump. People will, will not like that. People will re- resent that. Um, whether or not they can afford to pay it or not, they won't like going from one you know, dollar amount of dues to jumping up to a much higher level. So we know at the trade association level that, well, everyone has to increase their prices. I'm sure you increase your prices in your business and you should, but you have to be careful. If you put in a huge jump, uh, that's probably going not, going not to be, be received very well. And so I would say the same thing here with DOL in jumping the, the, the minimum salary requirement, um, to be exempt from overtime from 23.6 in one fell swoop to $50,440. So that is the problem. Now, is there any good news? Well, sort of. And there's actually bad news wrapped up in the good news. I'll give you the good news first, and then we'll talk about how it's not so good. The Department of Labor, um, in announcing this, is soliciting uh, comments from all of us. They want to know uh, what we think of this, and uh, they've established a 60-day comment period. And at this point, and I hate to date these programs, I like to feel that you can listen to them at any point in time and they'll still be timely for you. But in, in this case, we do have a time-sensitive uh, sort of issue. And so the um, the comment period looks like it's going to be beginning on or about July 6th, that's uh, 2015. And obviously 60 days, it will end on, that would be what, September 6th, 2015. Sometimes if there's enough comments and enough requests, uh, government agencies will extend the comment period to another 30 days or six months or whatever, depending on the level of interest and the amount of comments. I have no idea what DOL will do. So I think we should assume that we are all going to have 60 days to comment on this. Now, that's the good news. It sounds like, well, maybe we can influence this and change course a little bit, or uh, maybe, as I just mentioned, have some sort of a dollar phase in and not just jump from 23000 to 50000 in in one jump. Um, but the bad news and the good news is the comments – that DOL is seeking from all of us um, is not about the minimum salary level. From what I can see, that seems to be set. DOL wants comments from us about that third requirement, the duties test of whether the types of duties for white-collar work that you need to be considered exempt because you're doing executive, administrative, or professional work. Um, they want to know if that should be upgraded or modernized or sl- streamlined, and if so, how. They want our suggestions. They don't seem to want our comments on the salary, the minimum salary test. So that's the bad news that's in the good news. But whether something can be done about that, 
uh, remains to be seen. And anyway, it's, it's an opportunity. We need to take advantage of it. So your homework is this, that you need to get in touch by email or phone. Don't think about sitting down and writing a letter, mailing it, because with security these days, it'll be weeks and weeks before your uh, your congressional representative or your two senators receive it. Uh, you'll want to email uh, or phone uh, your people and talk to them about the, the DLO uh, proposed regulations on overtime uh, pay. Uh, DOL just issued the proposed rulemaking, and it is all of 300 pages. You can get it online uh, if you want. I can I can email it to you if you want to contact me. I'm at rfells at iccfa.com, rfells at iccfa.com. I'll be glad to email it with you. Or you can get it uh, by simply going to the Department of Labor's website, which is dol for Department of Labor, dol.gov, G-O-V, short for government. And just looking at it before I'm um, I'm doing this program, uh, it's like the first thing you see on their website at, at this point in time. But it's, it's the new regulations for overtime pay. It would be easy enough to find if you'd like to read about it yourself. Um, this is so new that I've got to get together with the ICCFA Government and Legal Affairs uh, Committee uh, to decide what action we want to take. I think because this new overtime minimum salary level affects all of American industry across the board. We're just not, funeral services just not hanging out there all by its lonesome, as we have in some issues such as, you know, uh, amending the funeral rule and things like that. But we at least are in good company with all the big guns of all the big industries out there. So we will probably be looking to join um, one or more coalitions of businesses. I'm sure the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which is a huge organization, they'll be busy as well. So we're in good company for what that's worth. But we still have the problem that the uh, Department of Labor seems set on um, – raising more than doubling the minimum salary level from the present $23,660 to $50,440. Another thing I should mention is um, because these uh, salary levels frequently languish for many years, like it's been, what, 11 years since DOL last uh, adjusted the figure, to now put in an automatic adjuster, either based on um, overall salary levels, or maybe the consumer price index. Um, if you're curious, by the way, how, how do they ever get to the 50,440? Um, they did it by taking 40% of the mean uh, income level of United States workers. And the 40% level at this time works out to be uh, 50,000 $440. So that's how they came up with the figure. So what they're saying is anyone who is going to be exempt from overtime pay needs to be at least at that 40th percentile of annual pay. So that's really uh, more technically what they're, what they're um, coming down to say. So we all have some work to do here. It's going to be a jolt. As I say, if the uh, DOL itself is saying that 4.6 million employees are going to be affected. That is, they're going to be from today 
being exempt from overtime compensation to, by next year, receiving overtime pay, unless, of course, their employers raise their salary level to the new minimum of 50004 Um It may even be more than $4.6 million. Who knows? That's just a DOL figure, um, and that's probably a, a good guess or as good guess as anyone can make. So that is our program for this time, and uh, we do need some follow-up. I hope uh, you can contact the ICCFA. Also, um, check out our website, which is www for World Wide Web, um, www.iccfa.com, C-O-N, or .com. Uh, check out our website. There's a lot of information on there for industry members. And if you are a member of ICCFA, there's a lot of member benefits that I'll bet you probably don't even know that you're entitled to. So please visit that page. If you're not a member, you might want to consider joining. This is a good time to join, to join our forces and speak up about this uh, this doubling of the minimum salary level for uh, for overtime pay. Again, Speaking for myself personally and not for the association, I think the issue isn't so much that they raised it after 11 years. That's almost a no-brainer. But it's that they more than doubled it, you know, at one fell swoop. I think that is going to be causing people a lot of problems, economic and financial problems. One last word, probably worth mentioning. I've been in this lobbying business for a long time, and I do know that... A lot of the lawmakers, the legislators up on Capitol Hill, and even at, at, in your state capitol, for that matter, your, your state senators and, and delegates, they've heard business people for years come up and say to them with a proposed law, or in this case, a proposed regulation that they don't like, take the position that, look, senator or representative, whoever, if this becomes law, it's going to shut down my business. It's going to force me out of business. I'm going to have to close down or have to go bankrupt. So many business people have claimed that. And the lawmakers that have been around for a number of years, they've noticed that, hey, once in a while when these proposals do pass and become laws or become new regulations, nobody goes out of business or almost nobody does. Or if they do, it's for reasons other than the new law or the new regulation. So I just say, while it's tempting to say, if this passes, I'm going to be forced out of business. If you're going to take that tack, you might want to marshal some facts or figures as to why that would happen. In other words, prove it. Because if you just say it as a conclusory remark, this law is passed, I'm out of business. Our legislators hear that all the time, and it's as far as they're concerned, they probably feel we're crying wolf. So if you don't want to, they'll probably never say that to you to your face, but that's what they're thinking. They're going to discount that. So if you are certainly alarmed that this could really hurt your business, try and get together a few facts and figures to say, hey, don't take my word for it. Here are some facts. Here are some numbers to show you that I'm just not blowing smoke. That will be the most persuasive thing all of us can do to make the case and maybe see if we can't change this a little bit. Anyway, that does it for this program. And thank you for listening. And uh, I hope I'll be hearing from you one way through email rfells at iccfa.com 
or you can even contact me uh, through our website, iccfa.com. Well, thank you very much for listening. I hope you found this informative. And as I said, we all have some homework to do. So thanks very much. Bye now. We'll see you next time.